0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: 16th, 2015 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy, Objectivism, is the philosophy that uniquely upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host here, Amy Peekoff, and just getting into the studio now, untangling his headset, is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. I
2: should have been there earlier, sorry.
1: Yeah, he should have. I was telling him. I kept giving him, you know, okay, three minutes, two minutes, let's go. I was
2: drawing Muhammad again.
1: Yeah, again, because I I think it is true something – oh, you don't have your battery. You need your headset battery. Um, I think it's true what he told me, which is that he's probably the cartoonist in the world who has drawn Muhammad more. ...than any other cartoonist, so you can go check all that out at boston.blogspot.com. Now, if you go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, you'll see that the title for today's show is called Speaking Freely. And we are, of course, in concert with the Ayn Rand Institute doing a big free speech kind of push in the last couple of weeks in the wake of the massacre... The horrible, atrocious massacre of the Charlie Hebdo journalists and yeah. cartoonists. So Which was an attack
2: on free speech.
1: So, so, yeah. So the things that we're going to talk about today, you know, obviously we are always speaking freely here at Don't Let It Go Unheard, and that is, you know, something that I'm proud that we do. Um, or or let, let me modify that because I think we speak as freely as possible, because I happen to know that with the constraints that our government puts on us and with some of the threat of jihad out there there is a slight modification in the things that you do even if you are resolved to continue to exercise your right to free speech and to speak the truth you're nonetheless affected at least in some small way everybody knows you know for example there's something you know there was something called attack watch that the government did where they wanted everybody to report people who were saying things that were, quote, inaccurate about Obama, translate critical. And so you criticize Obama, you can wind up being reported to this website and have your name put on a list. And even if you say, okay, well, I'm still going to criticize Obama because I happen to think he's the bizarro president of the United States, nonetheless, you are affected. Just You, you can feel that just that little bit of, hmm, I wonder if they're going to come after me. And if so, how they're going to do it and how long it's going to take. So, yes, we are speaking freely here on this show. So that's part of the reason for the title. You know,
2: those in power are not uh, defenders of free speech. No. no. Across the world.
1: So, so other things that we want to talk about are what is required of a proper government for us to be able to speak freely. Um, is it okay to go ahead and criticize other people's exercise of free speech, but... And, and also we can also criticize the way that others criticize other people's mm-hmm. exercise of free speech. Right, so this is, this is all part of what free speech means. Oh, somebody's having a hard time with no sound. Ed, I would suggest some sort of a refresh or finding – actually, he yeah, can't hear be me be anyway. So why am I talking to him? <laughs> He's in the chat room telling me there's no sound, and I'm going to tell him the solution via sound. It's probably not going to if work. If you use your yeah.
2: free speech, we can hear you. We can see you.
1: Uh, If all else fails on Blog Talk, for those of you who can hear me and for future reference, you always can call in the phone number. And by the way, if you do want to talk about anything that I've got listed over at the blog right now at DontLetItGo.com, I've got this huge list of program notes that I want to get through today. Go ahead and call us. And the number to call us at is 760 888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Another alternative, of course, is to come over to the Blog Talk Radio chat room and chime in where we are also taking a look at you. Yes, so people in the chat room are giving Ed some tips. I'm thinking Ed is a tech guy who doesn't really need Mm -hmm. a whole lot of tips. I mean, he knows all these solutions. I hope he can figure it out. No one else is complaining about it. Can I just say
2: something on on my list from because I've drawn them so many times, I want to mix it up, so I, I decided to draw them on my iPad, and I set a video out there, and it's getting a lot, of, uh, a lot of views, thousands of views, which is the most, I think, I've gotten for any of my pieces out there, So yeah. could, at least in terms of like uh, the uh, social media.
1: Yeah, Well, you know, we also don't know because now Facebook is right. tracking video views, and I'm not sure that they did that before. So. Okay, right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's new to me, yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool.
1: Uh, so Freedom Breeze in the chat room says that she's been quite nauseated now just listening to Obama and yeah. Cameron. Is there a new speech from Obama and Cameron?
2: Cameron, I think, is trying – didn't he try to uh, basically push to do an NSA from in the, 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 in the oh, U.K.? Oh, right. Isn't yeah. that, isn't yeah, that what, he, what he's he,
1: he thinks he can get rid of WhatsApp and something yeah. else, and he wants to ban encryption technology.
2: And he's supposedly mm-hmm. on the right. I mean, he, look, they're all statists left, right, whatever. England will always be that way until they fundamentally change it.
1: By the way, I want to give a hearty thank you to the Colorado group, Hungry Minds, who invited me out there last week to Denver to speak. And also, Stephen Green, Michelle Ray, golf girl from Twitter, came out, as well as Brooke. Vodka
2: Pundit. Yeah, Stephen
1: Green, Green, Vodka Pundit. Uh, It was really great to finally meet them in person. And thanks to everyone else who also came out and supported the talk even in the cold the bitter cold <laughs> weather. I How was, cold was it? I was so affected by the cold. Now, I don't know if it was because it was an entire day of talking. I was speaking all right. day long, you know, both with the wonderful hosts who brought me in and then people who showed up for the talk. We, you know, had a little early meet and greet it was thing. A good crowd for me, guys. And then I had a yeah, I had a 2-hour talk there including the Q&A portion. So that was exhausting. I was at altitude And, you know, remember, there's been something weird going on with my thyroid, too, that I've been working on. And I think the combination of all these, I may have actually gotten an altitude sickness or something. So I was really, you know, susceptible, excuse me, susceptible, say that 12 times fast, to the cold. And I went out at about 11 o'clock after the festivities were over, and it was super cold. And I was shivering like I've never shivered in my entire life. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. So I'm glad nobody made fun of me about that. I mean, feel free to make fun of me now. But I was actually kind of worried. Luckily, it passed in a couple minutes. But it's a long couple minutes where you actually feel like you can't do anything but fight cold and your body is shivering without your ability to control it. That is scary stuff. Um, on On the good side... Even though I have been running a bit of a fever this week, as far as I know, I'm not coming down with anything concrete, so the small steps that I've taken so far to boost my immune system and thereby fight off my Hashimoto's, I think, is having an effect. Overall, I am feeling pretty darn good, even though I've been running a 99, half, even close to 100, a little bit here and there the past couple of days, so... Let's hope. Um, go over, like I said, again, to my blog at don'tletitgo.com for official program notes. But again, thank you to Hungry Minds. I don't want to complain about that so much, but I, I, had, a, I had a fabulous time, and uh, next morning had a great breakfast with the host and everything, and it was it was wonderful. So uh, if other groups around the country want to host a talk by me about legalizing privacy, which is very important, I would love to. To uh, come out there and do that. Over in the program notes, I just have a link to the interview with John Allison that I did last week. That was one of the most fun and rewarding interviews that I've done. John Allison, one of the most accomplished people, probably the uh, most accomplished person that I know personally, besides Leonard Peikoff, say, and Yaron. Yeah. So I, I don't know. How, how would you would you have some sort of a boxing match between the three of them That's right. about how much each of them has accomplished and yeah. So, you know, doing a successful interview with him, I'm very happy to be able to have that opportunity. I was, I was really excited. Second link is Evan Pagan's Wake Up Productive. If you are on one of my few little emailing lists, I have been sending you videos about his program, and the latest one is about procrastination. And if you are a fan like I am, of the video that Alex Epstein did a couple years ago, Resolution Revolution. If you watch this procrastination video from Evan Pagan, you will notice a number of things in there that sound familiar from the Resolution Revolution. And I know that Alex has studied some of Evan Pagan's stuff. He cited him before, so I'm sure there's an influence there. So any of you who are interested in checking that out, go ahead and check out the Wake Up Productive. What's going to happen is he's offering... This 90 day program to basically help you set these productive habits into your lifestyle to actually hard set them in there. And what I do is I offer you some bonuses that are going to be complimentary to the program. And all of that is going to be coming into your email Monday if you're one of my email subscribers. If you want to make sure and get the email from me that describes the bonuses, probably the best way to do it is, again, Go to that blog at DontLetItGo.com. Click on the um, Follow This Blog link. And how far down is there is the Follow This Blog link now? Ah, uh, It's right under the Blog Talk Radio logo on the right-hand side. Uh, right now when I'm reading it, it says, You are following this blog because I follow my own <laughs> blog. Imagine that. But if you would like to follow the blog, get on that email list and make sure that you get the offer from me on Monday, then... Go ahead and add your name to that email subscription list, and that would be awesome. Okay, so enough about that. Um, let's go ahead and get into some of this. Jason Adams at the Don't Let It Go on Heard page on Facebook sent me a piece of music, a link to a piece of music that is in reaction to the Charlie Hebdo massacres. And I want to play you a little bit of this. And just get your impression. Tell me, just tell me what you think. Let's see if I'm getting it to play here properly. There's a little bit of a load time. Sorry, I see a little twirling icon here. How long is this going to take? I'm not sure. It's a high-quality download, says the site. This is an artist named Mitch Ben, whom I've never heard of before. The song is called Still Gonna Do It. If
0: God is great, I'm sure he's great enough to take a few jokes. And you are not the hand of holy justice, just a bunch of blokes with guns. And no sense of fun, you think you're on a mission to smite the blasphemers. And no but just listen to this. We're on a mission as well, and it's just as important. Our mission is taking the piss.
1: Okay, so you get you get the idea. So what do you think?
2: Um of uh, the execution or the or the uh spirit of it? Either, both? The spirit of it. I like the spirit of it. Okay. You know, it's like you're gonna tell us what to do? No way. Hell no.
1: Right, right.
2: That's what I like, and I don't know if it's me. um I've had some anti jihad uh musicians send me stuff. I just can't seem to get over the hump that it's that specific and that focused on that issue, where a drawing or a comic book it seems like in a story way it's just a little more i don't know, you can take it any easier at least in a form of art than music, if it's specifically against that particular thing for a song, I don't know. It might just be me. Right. I, I can never roll with it. I can never roll with it. I, I, just, I just can't.
1: Oh, They're making some good jokes over here at Blog Talk Radio, but I want to see what they thought in the yeah, chat Yeah, Dr. Room Ed Powell said that. Uh, Is that Dr. Ed Powell there now? Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> he
2: went from Ed Powell to Dr. Ed Powell within a minute. Wow, he must got a PhD quick.
1: <laughs> I don't go by doctor. Some people try to call me that, and I just kind well, of Well, you it. are. Yeah,
2: Doctor Amy yeah. Pickoff.
1: But yeah, so I mean, what to me when I heard that? Okay, good. You know, they're on the right side and and good content, but the music is almost too light for me.
2: Okay, good that's, point. Also, that's the good problem. point. Also, because there was something that was about um, jihad and killing and and you can't really <laughs> <laughs> make an upbeat, happy-go-lucky tune with these horrific things, cutting heads off, you know, it just doesn't work. Right. I don't, and that's why I think it just, it might not just, just be me. And again, the spirit, good. If that's what they do, if they're musicians, if they want to go it, good.
1: The spirit, the content, but at least maybe it's too close. To the Charlie Hebdo massacre? No,
2: I mean, I, you know what? I, I think we're at the point where we've been at war for over a dozen years. And this idea that, you know, every time we get a new attack, which is a part of the old attacks, it's like, well, that really uh, it's too soon to. No. You send a miss about quick.
1: Well, right, right. But that's why know. I'm saying maybe the tone is. To me, I just felt it's it too light of music. Okay. It, it'll never okay. work.
2: It'll never work in 10 years from now. I mean, it just won't, at least for me, again. This is a horrific, horrific attack. It's an atrocity. I don't know if music's going to do it unless you put like so, a. I mean,
1: you know, Jason, I really thank you for sending it, and I'm glad that they're standing up in unity no with Charlie Hebdo spirit, and speaking out. Good. Just for me personally, it was just it, the the tone of the music is a little bit too light for the subject matter. That's just me. So I don't know. I could be wrong. um, you know, other people obviously, told, obviously, you liked it, and I, I, I have nothing against you. I mean, music is such a personal yeah, thing. I've had people tell me that my music taste is horrible and makes me a non-objectivist. More, I've gotten the example people of, gave up actually a long time giving me those messages. Post, but I used to get them. Post a lot.
2: Colorado Theater massacre and the, for the Dark Knight Rises, Hans Zimmer sent a, a instrumental piece out a very slow version of one of, that to me works. It's just instrumental. There's no lyrics there. It's the the feeling of it, and that to me, music is really, you know, again, music. The the sounds are what tell you about the musician. The sounds define the musician. Whatever they say explicitly in, in interviews, whatever, whatever, the sound tells you. And that is, if you if you take the lyrics out, it's upbeat, you know, light song, and you can't do that Not for a, a masker.
1: Freedom breeze over in the chat room here at Blog Talk Radio seems to agree with me in terms of the tone of the music versus versus the subject matter but again you know i'm glad that people are you know the way that in they are going out can, there and showing no doubt solidarity about it. and that's all with that's
2: the point Charlie, the Hubbell. spirit mm-hmm. is alive and well to defy the scum
1: you know uh, someone wrote over on my facebook page something about how last week when i was speaking with john allison i made probably some sort of a side comment in the business context about maybe teamwork working together for, you know, some common cause and how how that is good. And this friend was saying, oh, yeah, you know, it is good. I'm, you know, it's good that you do that. A lot of people maybe think it's not individualist, but in objectivism, we really we don't want martyrs. We don't want pe- So I wrote back and I said, look, if what I invited people to do, what I hope that they would do, is, it's a tiny thing, granted, and it's maybe not that super significant or effective, but.
2: Everyone to draw Muhammad, even if you can't draw. No, oh, it wasn't sorry.
1: that actually. I I love what I did one year. I took one of my dogs. I took one of my dogs and I put a white turban over his head and I said that my dog was Muhammad. I took a picture of him because I can't really draw, but I had a dog and I could put stuff on him. I like that. That was that worked. Um, that was good. But And I should find that picture and, and share it out again, of course. That's what I should do. Uh, the dog's name is Turkish. His, yes. na- his name is Vizier.
2: Vizier, which is a, a Muslim leader. So,
1: it's perfect. And it's he, exactly...
2: And he's unlikable. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he really is. I mean, he really is.
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a good watchdog.
2: Yeah.
1: good attack dog. Yeah, Which true. is one which of the is, reasons I keep him ex- ex- around. Ex- yeah.
2: Which is what, what makes him Muslim. Yeah. By the way, we have a Muslim dog. Yeah.
1: Um anyway so yeah so so my point is is that you should maybe do the profile picture or whatever I invited people to go ahead and borrow and use the same profile picture that I had so go ahead and do that if you are so motivated that is one small thing that you can do that's a good way to do it uh a couple things i just want to give kudos to some people who are standing up in support of free speech and against a government that is not properly protecting our right to free speech. Greta Van Susteren on Facebook posted the following comment. This was on January 14th. I have a link again. Go to my blog, don'tletitgo.com, links to all the stuff that I'm talking about here. She says, the lone holdout, President Obama and his administration, they have dug their heels, typo, in <laughs> and, and will not say this terrorism is called by radical Islamists. Why? I think they think it is a coincidence that each killing is done in the name of Muhammad. Why does the Obama administration think the killers in Paris were yelling about Prophet Muhammad? Witnesses to the massacre say they heard the gunman yelling, quote, we have avenged the Prophet Muhammad and, quote, God is great in Arabic, Allah Akbar. Does the president and his administration still think this is just a coincidence? She asks, and then continuing, this is again Greta, yesterday the White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest was grilled by NPR, not exactly a conservative organization, and still he would not say it is radical Islam. Now notice, radical Islam, that's fine, but still, bravo to Greta for this. Continuing with Greta's quote here, moderate Muslims say it is radical Islam, so so it appears the only one who doesn't think it is our president. If you can't even identify your enemy and apparently the Obama administration, this is still Greta. If you can't even identify your enemy and apparently the Obama administration and the president cannot or will not, how do you know your enemy to kill him? Go figure. Right. She asks. Okay, so that's a quote from Greta. Good for Greta. I mean, a lot of people are out there naming the issue now that we actually need to name the enemy, uh, even though they have all of what you know, Bosch would call a lot of Islam mis- misnomers.
2: Islam misnomers. Yeah.
1: Islam misnomers. They're adding all of these, you know, Prefect, modifiers, suffix, prefix, yeah. subject, suffix, to Islam. Nonetheless, they know that Islam's got to be in there somewhere yeah. and that it is a huge dereliction of duty Absolutely. for our president not to properly name the enemy, you know, to the extent that Greta understands the issue.
2: Obama didn't, she
1: is kicking butt, and she's probably one of the few journalists on any network out there, including Fox News, that's doing it. I'm, Greta has been good as well. But bravo to to Greta, and, and thanks for doing that.
2: No doubt. And uh, the Obama administration, I think he is mourning uh, the hit that Islam got on its reputation in the last week or two. And that's why he didn't show it, because he... He if he figures if I ignore it, then you know it's not as bad as it is. If I go there and mention anything, that that means I'm I'm, I'm piling on to Islam, and I can't do that because Islam is something I love. It's disgusting. It's not just cowardice; it's evil. Because he's a big time, big fan, big Islamophile, big fan of Islam, as I call him, Islam's bitch.
1: By the way, Robert NYC over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio says he wants to mention that during own Brooks' talk on free speech. At City, Univers- City University of New York on Wednesday night, in addition to showing the Charlie Hebdo drawings, he showed Bosch's drawing of Muhammad.
2: Very, very so cool. So congratulations, Excellent. giving you Excellent. a high five right here. I love that Yaron's going, you know going out there. Ari really stepped up literally right after the attacks. Yaron did a live show, and they've just been you know the best voice against the attack and for free speech. The best voice out there.
1: He did a really nice interview oh, segment great. with Onkar. And I think Bosch in particular loved Ankar's precision in language. Yes. Ankar uses Islam, Islam, Islam. She Very said one
2: one time Islamist, but yeah. more or less, really, really good.
1: Yeah, he he knows exactly exactly where it's at. Now I wanted to ask you this, Miranda Marks. Thanks for sending this to me. This link, John Stewart lashes Obama for the Paris rally no show. Did you? Listen to I, this no, little I, shall I play can't with
2: it? Yeah, I mean, Mark Stein said it was pusillanimous. He said it was just, you know, his whole uh, response to the Charlie Hebdo massacre. At least, I don't know about this.
1: Okay, well let's let's see because it's really nice if our media and and oh one thing I want to mention, Greta, Greta also has a post on her page on Facebook, totally criticizing um, Obama not showing up in France as the holdout. Okay, now here we go. Here's uh, John Stewart about Obama. Oh, no, we got an ad first. I'm going to not subject you to the ad. Let's see if they're... Oh, yeah, they're, that's a silly ad. You could see a silly movie with people falling and looking dumb. Um, or we can just wait for the content. Here we go. Yeah, I guess we need more volume. Let's get some more. My name is John Stewart. My guest
0: tonight, thank you very much. Uh, my guest tonight, uh, a young man by the name of Jimmy Carter.
2: He is... Uh, oh, no. He's still not uh, dead, Jimmy Carter. So. He
0: really... He is like the Charles Bronson of fighting guinea worm in Africa. He.
2: he, he That's funny. He
0: mm-hmm. has a vendetta against these worms. Like it's reality? We'll talk about it a little bit when he comes out here. But first, uh, as you remember last week, Islamic extremists carried out a deadly targeted attack. On the offices of the satirical French magazine Charlie Hebdo, trying to strike a blow against free expression, the right to offend. Well, this Sunday, France answered.
2: The largest demonstration ever in French history, between 1.2 and 1.6 million people rallied in Paris. Good for them.
1: Good for them.
0: Wow. Why are they
1: laughing?
0: 1.6 million Parisians in the streets. Are we sure they weren't on strike? Was that a strike? (laughs) Why make a joke about that? I don't blame them. I mean, a 12-hour work month, that'll push anyone.
2: They didn't show the cartoons in their hands up in the air, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Mm -hmm. That would have been something.
0: No, really, it's uh, inspiring to see millions of Parisians taking time out of their mandatory month-long vacation to participate. (laughs) And look, we're all united behind France, but if we suddenly start shying away from mocking the French with tired stereotypes, the terrorists win. And I <laughs> and I'm not gonna let that happen. Okay, okay. By the way, the March also gave Parisians <laughs> Is my pronunciation of Parisian that bad? <laughs> the March also gave Parisian. A chance to introduce a new funny. icon of liberty. The pencil, the new symbol of freedom of expression, was
2: everywhere. Hey, yeah, but what do you do with that people pencil? Are you draw pencils, Muhammad?
1: <laughs> raising pencils, raising pencils aloft. Well, you know, you know, what, what's one thing about this? And, and this is a point that you've made before. You know, people—they are gonna react by drawing pencils. You know, and that's it? No, it, it's not about that. It's about the actual content of the cartoons themselves. And
2: in particular, I'm artists, the cartoonists in particular, those I, I, who have four pens in one hand, hey! Yeah. And I challenged him. I said, well, put that pen down right. down to the paper and draw Muhammad. Right. You, know, you know, that's sh- a show of support, a sure. real show.
0: Sure. Yeah. Be not afraid! Oh!
1: Okay, where's our critique of Obama?
0: Simultaneously taking a stand for free expression whilst bringing hope to one of France's most forgotten and threatened industries.
2: I think we showed hers before. So Pencil making. Yeah. Laser in on it.
0: As you'll see in my new, yet strangely, timeless, poetic realist film.
1: Oh no. Okay, this is this is going to be too much. Yeah. No, I can't do it. For
2: that it joy. Probably won't be worth it anyway. Yeah.
0: And it wasn't just ordinary
1: Parisians. Okay,
0: here we go. <laughs> took to the streets. At the head of the rally, a line of political leaders from around the world, behind a line of 40 world leaders, their arms linked in a show 40. of solidarity, they marched. Oh, my God, it's, it's the world's most powerful game of Red Rover ever. <laughs> they are daring terrorism to come over.
2: Well, there was a terrorist there. A boss. And,
0: of course, no grand show of liberty. Is complete about America, the country that invented freedom. <laughs> that's why President Obama was there.
1: Okay, now, now, why, why, why did they all laugh with the "We invented freedom"? Now, we didn't invent no, freedom, that, but why. ours was the first country in history to actually put into practice. Yep. absolutely. A government that protects individual rights, which is so. No top-level
0: U.S. presence here. No president, no vice president, no first lady, no former president. Where was the president?
1: Where was President Obama?
0: I don't
2: know. know.
0: (laughs) How could Obama not be there? Look how many world leaders he could have bowed down to and apologized. That's good. That is good. It is true. He missed an opportunity. How could the U.S. not be there? When representatives of such beacons of freedom and lack of censorship as journalists punishing Russia was there, How about What
2: Palestine? Putin he wouldn't there. dare do
0: that. Egypt, enough said. <laughs> Palestinian cartoonist jailing Israel was there, and of course, our greatest
2: ally, Saudi what Arabia, did, wait, was there. What, what, uh, what did what, he just uh, say? Uh,
1: what did he just say? Okay, we're done with him. What did he just say? He uh, because that would
2: have been a global story if true. I never heard that story.
1: Al Jazeera reported it. So now we'll have to look it up. Al Jazeera is a pack of lies. Palestinian cartoonist jailing Israel. He didn't say
2: Palestinian terrorist leader Abbas with a suit, who was smiling his ass off, by the way, at the the, uh, rally. Unlike anyone there. He's just a leftist hack. And also, he brings on Jimmy Carter for what? For what?
1: Uh, I know. I don't even want to To see. To prove
2: that that Jimmy Jimmy Carter is not dead yet? (laughs) It's like, look, he's not dead yet. I mean, he could still go against America and Israel. He still has it in him. You know, he still has the, his last breath. Will be against America and Israel and for Islam. And by the way, uh, he said, "Do you know what uh, what Carter said about uh, about the attacks?"
1: Oh, and Let this me... was on John Stewart's show.
2: Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, so go was. ahead. and go, yeah, uh, go ahead. And said... Give me the
1: quote.
2: Let me. Okay. He said, "No, this is on the Huffington Post. He's been doing the rounds for some reason. Uh... Jimmy Carter is, you know, he he wants to prove he's still alive in a few different venues. I'm not dead yet." He said, I think this, the attack on Charlie Hebdo, the massacre, I think this is going to give a lot of people an incentive to look into Islam and see what it is about this religion that makes it great. He said that.
1: And, of course, that's what the attackers were probably hoping, right? Oh, yeah. They die as martyrs. And And, that Jimmy Carter,
2: a former president, can go on television and say that. Yeah.
1: And, and and why is it that people all looking, these people are giving him press time for this? So this is, this is again, we are criticizing the way that people – He's a bludgeon. Because, yeah. Huffington, he's he's Huff, a
2: bludgeon for the left. Huffington
1: Post, Huffington Post. Is that where you got yes, this? Mar- yes. Dr.
2: Le, uh, Mark Lamont Hill that absolutely – Interviewed him? Yeah. I mean, heck. they
1: They have the right to interview Jimmy Carter. And let him spew this garbage, I guess.
2: And and he kept but, going after Israel. He basically said that you know why Charlie Hebdo happened because of the quote-unquote uh, Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Now look, Kashmir, India, Pakistan does that have to do with with uh, quote-unquote Palestinian-Israeli conflict? Conflict. It's a war. Everything. I mean, that that happened because Muslims are. You have to defend the prophet, right? Because the prophet is such a little flower that he has to be protected at all at all costs. You got to murder people, and C- Carter clearly has said nothing profound about that. He doesn't mind. He's like, well, it's because of Israel. That's it. Right. And he, and he's fine saying that. He's not even saying this is an atrocity. This is evil. He can't even go there. And John Stewart gave him. A, you know, I think Rush was talking about it the other day, and even Levin, where John Stewart was saying these guys, if it wasn't religion, they use any other reason, right? They're just needless, right? And he's trying to give him an out, you know, to say something. He goes, oh, Israel. So even John Stewart didn't expect that. And Dr. M- 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 Mark Lamont Hill, whatever his name is. Someone said he's a Muslim. Is he? I don't know. Okay. Dr. And I don't,
1: Greg, we, Greg's had him on the show. Yeah. yeah Red had him him on the show,
2: And he's terrible.
1: So, you know, our president did not go to this rally. Greta wrote a very nice open letter to France to say how... Completely mortified she was that our president didn't go and, you know, expressed solidarity with the French people, and that so many of us Americans do feel like our president should have been there. So, what does France get instead? I mean, not only do they not have Obama going to the rally and doing what he should do, this, I, I can't even believe that this is what we sent to France. We sent to France the equivalent of a gift box of dog poop
0: <laughs>
1: it is a gift box of dog poop let me tell you what it le is le here's the show, the link from the dailymail.com the headline reads this
2: not even good dog poop but like real you know bad like the soft kind like
1: know? old. like <laughs> like to France by the slowest U.S. mail service
2: <laughs> That's right. possible. Okay. So it even gets you know. Thank you.
1: This is the headline from the Daily Mail: Toe curling diplomacy. U.S. woos France with hugs, <laughs> kisses, and a very awkward rendition of "You've Got a Friend" by James Taylor I, 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 to make I, I, up to make up for snubbing the terror march. Now, now this is you, the
2: insult. This is the insult. Oh my Not going there was fine. This. Is when, the insult.
1: When you sent or told me about and it, also James I Hurt, thought it was the onion.
2: You with that voice. I mean, please don't sing. Please.
1: Oh. Talk and
2: about the, ear sore.
1: Oh, and there's a picture of Holand, uh hugging Carrie and that somehow this is Why? the thing. Now, is, is part of it that our administration is a narcissist administration, so we didn't want to have a thing where we were just one of many world leaders over there so you go instead after. you know you go after and now they have this great photo op where Kerry is hand I in really, hand really, really with believe: Hollande, right?
2: I really believe that Obama knows that this is a big blow against Islam and he doesn't like that and he didn't want to take part in that I really believe that he want to bring the power of the United States of America there to emphasize that fact I think that's it I really really believe that What I mean it's not just that he doesn't give a damn he doesn't give a damn yes but that's what American president ought to do, and that's what American president would have done probably: go there and say something about it specifically, and you know, tell the enemy to hell. And maybe you know, if, if it was a really, really rock-solid president, draw Muhammad up on the podium, show it to the audience, and you know, I mean, seriously.
1: Um, motive Power over here in the chat room, Block Talk Radio says, "I think not going was the first honest thing hmm. Obama has done. He's really not with France on this.
2: No, not that. It. It,
1: it's certainly one of the first big honest things that he's done. And I mean, now that he's on his way out, let us hope.
2: But he wants to. Uh, how do you put it? Uh, he's going on the offense now. And he's like, oh, against Iran? No, against his political opponents at home to stop them from giving sanctions on Iran. He's protecting uh. Iran." By going after the Republicans.
1: He he wants to kill our economy further yes. with that whole community college thing and, and all, all sorts of And, of stuff.
2: course, he looks at the Republicans and says, okay, I got this. Next two years, run them right over.
1: I want to thank Roman Valensky, who shared the following article over on the Don't Let It Go on her page on Facebook. This is International Business Times, and the headline reads, Muslim Mayor of Rotterdam... Ahmed Abu Taleb, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Uh, Abu Taleb, maybe? Tells Islamists to, quote, pack your bags and F off on live TV. Amazing. Yeah. The, Muslim, the Muslim mayor, first of all, um, why would you let a Muslim be a mayor of your city? But if you're going to have a Muslim mayor, this is the one, to, is the one
0: to
1: have. Uh, he told Muslims who turn their back on freedom to, quote, back, pack your bags and F off live on television. He told the news hour of his anger at the refusal of a number of Muslims to adapt to their new surroundings, which he said he has done after living in Holland since 1976. He says, quote, it is incomprehensible that you can turn against freedom, but if you don't like freedom, for heaven's sakes, pack your bags and leave, end quote.
2: Can I just uh, say what I respond with? Sure. Uh, that's a good, but I hope people understand that he's criticizing Islam, not following it and saying this, regardless of what he personally believes. In other words, he's chosen civilization over Islam. Yes. That's what he's done.
1: Yes.
2: Uh, but, of course, it's try to prop up the fact that he's Muslim. Look, this is what Islam... No, that's not Islam.
1: I love this. He says, if you are waving an ISIS flag, you are waving an exit ticket, leave. Yeah, he's damning Muhammad. And, and, and I'd be for that. You know, there's this he's ongoing Islam. there's this ongoing debate over on my blog at don'tletitgo.com about how supposedly I just want to let every single Muslim in unrestricted Muslim immigration. Yeah, and, oh, I have, I have a mousy voice, by the way. And all kinds of, <laughs> I mean, just horrible, vicious lie garbage. Now, oh, oh, yeah, I have a, a mousy voice. And I'm not supposed to be talking about serious issues with my mousy voice.
2: What a piece of crap.
1: So um, this. Person and actually, there's a couple different people with the same tone of venom, and I'm told that maybe it could be the same person with different IPs and stuff. Anyway, these IPs are banned from my blog now. They're
2: they're anti-Muslim. They're not anti-Islam per se. They're anti-Muslim. Those those people, right? Right.
1: So, you know, just just to be clear, I I would say anybody who's out there promoting ISIS, you do not have the right to, in effect, promote somebody who's out there mass. Slaughtering, so I would not call that a an exercise of free speech. I mean, it's a, it's the equivalent of inciting murder, inciting violence. If you are oh, actually you support ISIS, you, yes, if you, absolutely. If, right. if you are vocally supporting ISIS, you are inciting murder.
2: Absolutely right. You are. Yep. It's, it's it's not free speech. No, Incitement of violence, that is, that and they not. should be rounded up. Yeah. These rats. Um,
1: but people who just call themselves Muslims and do not take any... Like this any, guy, this
2: is the pure example right here.
1: Right, right. This guy. And, and, you know, and, He's a
2: human being first.
1: Right, and, and I, would, I would urge every Muslim who believes like he does to actually speak out. This is where it's very important. But nonetheless, even those Muslims that don't speak out, but nonetheless, they never take any overt action to support ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any other jihadist group that is trying to kill us. As long as there's never any overt action taken in support of them, then I would say that they are at least candidates to come and live peacefully alongside me. Now, um, you know, so I I don't believe in banning all Muslims. I think that that is is wrong. Absolutely. But I have no problem, no problem excluding any Muslim who takes any overt action in support of those groups. Who are using Islam as a reason to kill us? You
2: have no place that in civilization. That is, is my
1: position. Now, today we have a whole bunch. I mean, I've got a link on uh, on the blog today about this story.
2: There are a lot of sorry. There are a lot of BS Muslims out there. You know, my kind Muslims are fake right. Muslims, and um, they're acceptable. A lot of them.
1: Right. And I'm going out of order a little bit. There's a, a link from Conservative Review. Uh, that someone sent me and I can't remember exactly who it might be Rob Abiera because he sent me so much good stuff this week, but it is the silent surge in Muslim immigration. Did you send me this, Bosh? Yes, I did. Okay, so it was you. Thank you. Um, you know there there is a lot of Muslim immigration right now. I can assure you that our government's not doing its job of properly screening these people. Probably not doing that. So I would say that. Uh, you know, basically, we need to have a proper screening procedure that does its best to determine whether
2: smart enough to know what they say and what they don't say, and what they, you mean know, how they come off these these people, and they right. have the right to deny them.
1: Right. What they what they actually do if they do anything in support if they have a record
2: of, of supporting the, the
1: ideology. That's right. Uh, now, I don't mind passing the cost of this screening on to the immigration candidate, him or herself, because the mere fact that you want to come here right. doesn't mean that we have to pay Absolutely. the whole extended screening cost right so i have no you know problem with that so i we have heightened screening procedures for anyone who is muslim from a muslim country um, and heightened. the cost of those heightened screening procedures could be the responsibility of the applicant for immigration. Basically, so well, that, no, that's it. I am not take, in favor of unlimited Muslim immigration. Absolutely not. But if and, they take you know, Islam
2: seriously, and if they don't, and a lot, a lot of Muslims don't read the Quran. They don't know what the hell Islam right. is. And my problem with them is that they don't even they don't go to find out because if they would, then they reject it. And that's the yeah, ideal there's, Muslim. There's but
1: a, there's a difference between belief. And speech in favor of Islam, and then there are actions, including some speech acts, right, that are the equivalent of furthering a jihadist violent attack Absolutely. or war United, on the United States. On, on the so anyone who crosses that line excluded. Okay, so that that's the last I really want to say about this topic. I am not in favor of unlimited Muslim immigration, but I am also not in favor of uniformly across the board deporting all Muslims. As if they're all Some the people same. they want to put them in con- it, it's ridiculous. In
2: concentration camps. Someone literally said that. Yeah. That's just
1: So, you know, you, you can't have an idea of of a free society and then you know, it's like hate speech. It's the same thing. You're gonna give heightened penalties based on what the person has in their own mind. I don't, I don't we res- judge people by their. Actions I don't respect
2: those out there. In terms
1: of you know whether we're going to consider them a threat to our rights, we judge them by their actions.
2: I don't respect Muslims who go out there and they're against Sharia, they're against jihad, they're blah, 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 and they, and they I don't respect them, but we have you know I mean, we can still allow them in. They go they go on Fox News, they go they go on 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 the social media, they go everywhere. And they lie to themselves about their own religion, but they are harmless. They are, and uh, but but the problem is that they are dishonest. Right. Because if they really look into it, they would leave the religion.
1: If people do want to chime in on today's stories, come on over and call seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven. Again, that's seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven. Chime in in the Blog Talk Radio chat room. Like I said, don't let it go dot com. This huge set of links. We've still got quite a bit of time, so I'm glad that we get to get through it. We've got a couple of stories here which show that our government is doing exactly the opposite of what it should be doing to protect us from this threat. First of all, I mean, they didn't go to France. Our administration did not go to France when it was supposed to. It sent the Gift box of dog poop <laughs> that is John Kerry and <laughs> James Taylor over oh, there, oh, man. and now there is this horrible, just unbelievable story, and it is at unfortunately an unbelievably annoying blog, Daily Caller, that you can't actually oh, scroll worse, through properly. But here's the, this is the headline: White House, Good our content, White House. But- Our White House It says Obama will fight the media to stop anti-jihad articles. This is written by Neil Monroe. He's a White House correspondent for Daily Caller. He says President Barack Obama has a moral responsibility to push back on the nation's journalism community when it is planning to publish anti-jihad articles that might cause a jihadi attack against the nation's defense forces, the White House press secretary said January 12th. That's not the onion. I mean, no. He says, and here's the quote. Here is the quote from the press secretary. The new guy's, the new poor guy is named what? I don't know. He's got a horrible face in the picture here.
2: Wait, Josh, not <sighs> Ernest. Ernest, yeah. Uh, Ernest. Mark Levin calls him. Quote:
1: The president will not now be shy about expressing a view or taking the steps that are necessary to support free speech. No, this is it. To try to advocate for the safety and security of our men and women in uniform, end quote, whenever journalists work may provoke jihadist attacks, Sposhman, spokesman Josh Ernest told reporters at the White House's daily briefing. Can you believe this? So our men and women in uniform are supposed to be over there protecting our right to free speech. And what he's saying is we are going to censor. Because this is it. This is government action putting pressure on news media to not publish certain content.
2: I mean, I said Obama responds to the attack on free speech in France with his own attack on free speech in America. Yes. I mean, that's what he's doing. Yes. This is an attack on free speech, political attack. And that was an Islamic attack. And this is just unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. And there's not enough venues talking about this. I don't know if Rush Limbaugh or Mark Levin talked about this. I don't even know if they if they criticized the, uh, the the Pope, if what he pulled, which we'll discuss later. Yeah, well,
1: we'll discuss in a few. Uh, this this is insane. The I mean, our president should be out there reaffirming the right to free speech, despite, the right to exercise. Despite who
2: he is, despite the fact that he's an enemy of the United States of America, a U.S. president, he has to do certain things in order to let. His critics say, well, okay, he's not the enemy that I've he had and he and he has done certain things in order to get that impression. Right now, he is completely unmasked. There's no more pretense, and that's why it's very, very scary. Unleashed Obama with no stopping him. Nothing. Right, right. They put you know impeachment off the table. They put uh, shutting down the government off the table. And this guy is feeling his oats. He can go watch the football games." do whatever he wants, not go to uh, not Paris, go to he gets trashed by his media. And it's also, it's also telling. They don't care what he's done with Obamacare, with every kind of uh, un- unconstitutional act, but he didn't go to France? That's what gets them riled up, you know, the media. That's what gets them riled up, that he didn't go to France.
1: Well, I think they just have a short memory and they don't keep it all in, in context. But my That's point, generous, is, but my point is, is this is exactly the opposite thing that a president should be doing. A president he's should a bizarre be president. Strongly in favor of our free speech rights, I would say that most of the men and women who are in uniform would realize that it is crucially important for us to oh, continue no, to speak out. They're fighting and, and, and I think, I think, for freedom. For freedom. And here's the thing: I for think our right, and I think that they would have no problem our journalists speaking out, our cartoonists continuing to draw cartoons, etc. So long as they were getting top cover, you know, you've, you've heard that term, top cover. Well, we're we're supposed to be getting top cover. From the commander-in-chief right. of the armed forces, which is the president of the United States, saying, with a strong message in favor also... of the values that our country was founded on. Free speech being one of the and most it's not Christian. even
2: against Islam, it's against jihad, against the alleged dark side of Islam. It's not even, it's not even against the religion of peace, it's about these extremists who have perverted it, not even against them. That's how far this guy's gone. Well,
1: and then there's only one time that he actually, actually uses... The terms Islam or jihad or some variant of Islam. No, no. There's a recent article, and I think it's one of the ones that I've included uh, in the links for today. But he was talking about, you know, he, this push for new security legislation. Mm-hmm. Oh new, yeah. Yeah. New push. Oh, yeah. So, so when he's talking to Congress and he's trying to woo them to so get new security language? legislation, he talked about the Islamist jihadist threat, which he never Barack Obama? says. Barack Behind Obama. closed doors. Yes.
2: And there's a transcript of it. Yeah. So he's trying to get to the right wing anti-Islam crowd, Yeah, Guys, huh? You, you hate Islam, right?
1: If If you go to my Facebook page, I posted so the, the link to that. Course, there. Yeah. I,
2: I have my own reason for doing this, but if I say that, you might really get on board. Is that, is that what you're saying? I think
1: that's what he's doing. I think that's what he's doing. He's said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm I'm speaking your language." You know, he knows that Ted Cruz and others actually use these terms, and that is the only time. That I've heard him speak that way. Well, we, well we, in public. we've
2: never heard him ever say that. Behind closed doors, a transcript, maybe someone caught something. Fine. He must but there's really, nothing out there. He
1: must really want whatever toys he thinks he's going to get in this oh, new something, surveillance legislation. Yeah, something, something terrible.
2: Yeah. And he'll say anything. Now, first of all, we know him. he's willing to say anything. He's willing to do anything. We know that. So he can even trash Islam if it comes in a private setting. He will never come, you know, there's no recording of that, is there? You know I mean where it can be held against them.
1: Right. What will be left two years from now, asked John over here in the chat room. Joel says, the Daily Caller is just juvenile, like it believes the audiences are exclusively a limited to frat boys. A lot of stuff to be, boys, but they yeah. do have
2: some good content like this, because I, I don't right. remember what it heaven this actually.
1: Actually, Joel, the reason that I was saying that the Daily Caller is annoying is not because of any particular content. I don't read a whole lot of even when they anyway, have
2: Muslims go out well, there and write articles. Yeah, that,
1: to me, that to me, it's just annoying when I'm trying to scroll and actually read an article, and they have so much extra ad content on their page and they have that a you can't actually scroll. You have, to,
2: you have to go turn into the anyway. It's it,
1: it's terrible. So just as just as a site to navigate, it's it's annoying, and probably I need to use ad block, which is what Ed. If I just add one thing say, about
2: the MAMA cartoons and how people perceive them, they they have referred to them that they provoke Islamic violence. You know cartoons. I said Islamic violence provoked artists to draw Muhammad, and Muslims responded with more violence, which provoked even more Muhammad cartoons, etc. I didn't set out to draw Muhammad as a young cartoonist. I didn't set out to draw Muhammad. Everyone who drew Muhammad probably didn't say, you know, I'm going to draw Muhammad one day. Right. They kill us, they murder us, and they would say, oh, I'm going to draw their icon, and that's when they kill us. And then you draw them again, more people draw it again, and vice versa. It begins with Islamic violence, not with
1: cartoons. Well, that it has to be said. I mean, obvi- obviously there was, at the very beginning, some people were making fun of him before he ever killed anybody. I think that did happen probably in history. So what? Um, some people were making fun of him before well, he ever killed anybody, but then, well, no, no, then he, he killed the, somebody. The first people and he killed people. were two uh, critics of his, sure.
2: Mohammed. Those are the first people.
1: But, they, but, then but then they, he came they, out there...
2: No, but he went. He went to Mecca, and he, it's okay.
1: It's just a logic point. It's
2: no, I was just. What I'm saying is, he is the one who initiated force. Right. And they said this guy is a madman. Okay, well I have to kill him. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. He he wasn't just being who he was. And they said, oh, this guy is no, no, no. He was doing what he was doing. This this uh, monster, and they criticized him, and they paid for it. So what I'm saying is, it, it began with that.
1: Motive Power puts it very nicely in terms of Obama's dereliction of duty with respect to this, you know, putting pressure on media to stop the anti-Jihad articles. He says he's got it backwards. He should use the military to protect our freedom of speech, not destroy freedom of speech to protect our military. And yeah, he he's mm. doing exactly the opposite yeah. of, of what he should be doing.
2: So uh, can you look, repeat what you said before, because you said it's it's, it's a matter of something just, but what I'm saying is, Uh, cartoonists draw Muhammad today because of the violence that is, I mean, that's why. Muslims have been killing us for over a thousand years, not because of Muhammad cartoons. This is just the latest pretext. That's it.
1: Steve Butterbaugh here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio says that the National Press Club just had a program on the necessity of the United States to take on Islam, our enemy. Hmm. Wow. He says they even acknowledge that Obama is allowing Islam to flourish, and that this is how they take over a country. So, yes. what I get is that the alarm bells are beginning to toll. He says, I "About think, time." Good. I think they are, Steve. Good. I
2: think they are because more and more people are willing to call Islam Islam. First of all, that's a huge step. Right. Uh, a lot of misnomers are going by the, by the wayside now. Uh, Your own is using jihad more and more, right, right, and uh, so on.
1: No, no, but. But but also besides the misnomers, this idea that they're actually coming out and calling for a criticism of it, yes. right? That is no.
2: But what I'm saying is, we're start using the the word Islam,
1: right? But then I, there's no I'm, way around it. But, but my guess is that Steve is using the word Islam, and that they're not. Probably that's. I, I mean, let let us know, Steve. But I think they are if he brings it up like that. You know, at, at something like the National Press Club, I would be very impressed if they are. Um, we're, we're going we're gonna to just have to see. Now, Fabian says, I like it, but it also scares me. Why does it scare you, Fabian? I'd be interested to hear that. Um, now, Joel says that the animus against Muhammad cartoons doesn't come from the cartoons that make fun of Islam. It comes from making representations of Muhammad in any way, positive or negative or anything else.
2: True to an extent, but there have been historically a lot of images of Muhammad. As long as they were, they were favorable, they were acceptable. So this is... A, Infidels, non-Muslims drawing him, and non-Muslims drawing him. You can't do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fabian says if they're not going to declare a war, then we can only lose if people start this mass criticism. Well, we've
2: never, you know, we've not fought the war for a dozen years. We're we're doing everything in lieu of war, everything, even the bombing that we're supposed to doing. That's in lieu of war because, well, Americans won't accept that we we won't fight. So let's just fight, so they'll think we're fighting.
1: Right. But I, I mean, and, but totally for sure. And and so what, you know, what Fabian's saying is we need the top cover. We need this war so that we can actually exercise our free speech rights and not feel intimidated. That's the thing that we actually need. Uh, Fabian says, I don't see anybody declaring wars anytime soon. When was the last time we actually declared a war? World the War United II?
2: Uh, well, well, no, actually.
1: Vietnam.
2: Uh, I'm not even 100% sure about that. As, as a declaration of war, I don't know. I know that post 9-11 we should have declared war. On jihad, we should have, and we didn't. We have not. As a country, we have not. World
1: War II, says Ed Powell, so even Vietnam was not a official...
2: The Korean War, probably unofficial as well. I,
1: I thought the Korean War was a real... Well, I don't
2: know. No, as in, as in declaration Actual war? Actual declaration. Maybe not. No.
1: So they I'm, they I'm don't still want to put their
2: name, the, name to it or something. Our, our government doesn't want to yeah, put their Steve, name to it somehow.
1: Steve is saying, I hope they recorded the program. we will keep an eye out. Um, that they, yeah, he said, he's not sure exactly what they said. So I'd like to know, yeah, I'd I'd like to know what terminology that they use. But, you know, here it is. Our government's supposed to be giving us top cover, and instead they are attacking, they are joining in, they are cowering, they are appeasing the jihadists, and they're saying, okay, you know, be quiet and everything will be okay, right? This is a quote that you put from Mohammed Atta before. You know, be quiet, everything will be okay. So that is one horribly wrong thing, exactly backwards that the Obama administration is doing with respect to our free speech rights in an age where jihad is trying to to threaten our free speech. Second, disgustingly horrible wrong thing reported to us from the Daily Mail UK. Democrats will appoint a Muslim to the House Intelligence Committee. This Muslim has apparently said, that US schools should be like Islamic madrasas and has warned law enforcement that, quote, Allah will not allow you to stop us, end quote. Indiana Democratic Representative Andre Carson will soon sit on a legislative committee where some of America's most precious secrets are examined. The former policeman converted to Islam as is an adult and is one of only two Muslim members of Congress. He attracted scorn with a 2012 speech, three years ago, in which he said American schools would be more innovative if they were more like Islamic madrasas. He claimed he was misunderstood but never addressed another line in the speech that seemed to taunt undercover agents who were present. Allah will not allow you to stop us, end quote, he said. Um, This is one thing I would not do. I would not... Put a Muslim in any sensitive political position. Call it discrimination. I mean, you know, again, when I'm describing the ideal society that would support a proper open immigration policy, it would include not allowing Muslims into sensitive positions like this. Even if we allow them to come and live and work and everything else, there are certain positions where you just don't do this. And here we are, in a day where we don't have a proper immigration policy, we don't have a proper culture, we have a government putting pressure on the news media not to criticize jihad, and we're going to appoint a Muslim to the Intelligence Committee. I, You know, again, this is completely unbelievable. I feel like we live under the Bizarro government, don't you?
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's, I think it's exactly right. So... Um, this is this is not at all what our government should be doing uh i already gave you a little bit of a synopsis on the silent surge in, in muslim immigration we in fact i believe obama is encouraging immigration of so-called refugees from some of the countries fabian in the chat room says uh oh converts are the worst yeah there is actually one thing that they did right which is that they stopped an attack. There was one guy who was planning an attack on the White House. He was a convert, and I'm trying to see if I can find that link. I had so many, so many links over here at the blog. You gonna be back in a sec? Okay, sorry. Bosch, Bosch had to leave for a second, so I am um, trying to find. I had a story. And it might have gotten lost in the flurry of all the articles. By the way, thank you, everyone, for sending me all of this great stuff. But there is one thing that our government has done correctly this week, and I may have – oh, here it is, of course. Another Muslim convert, right. A Muslim convert was caught in a terror plot to bomb the U.S. Capitol. So when Fabian, you said in the chat room here that the converts are the worst, this is right, he said uh, the article is from Front Page Magazine, Daniel Greenfield, who's always excellent, he says, this isn't about race. We're talking about a white kid who starts reading the Quran and plotting to murder Americans. Swap out the Quran for Das Kapital, and you've got Lee Harvey Oswald. This should be familiar history to us. It says, Christopher Lee Cornell, 20, of Green Township near Cincinnati, was arrested after he bought two M15 semi-automatic rifles and about 600 rounds of ammunition as the undercover operative watched, according to an FBI affidavit. Officials said Cornell never bought any components for pipe bombs. There was never a danger to the public. Uh, Cornell's father, John Cornell, said the family was blindsided. He'd never show any sign of violence or anything. But the FBI said that an informer alerted authorities that Cornell, under an Elias, was posting comments on Twitter in support of ISIS. Shortly after those posts began appearing, they sent an operative to meet with him undercover. During a meeting with the operative, Cornell said he wanted, rude ad pops in my face, to go forward with violent jihad. And that Anwar al-Awlaki, the U.S. born Muslim cleric who was killed by a U.S. drone in September 2011, etc., that they had encouraged that type of action. So here he is he said explicitly what he plans to do. He took an overt action in, you know, that was consistent with his plan, and they arrested him. This is exactly what should happen. Now, this guy should not be allowed on the loose at all. I mean, he's at war with us. This guy is our enemy he's he's a prisoner of war and he should be treated as such because he has taken an overt action and yeah converts could be the worst i mean a lot of converts are the most zealous and i you know i i think you're right so if we have a convert who is now going to be post you know part of the house intelligence committee this is exactly the opposite of what our government should be doing Okay, so we do have the government doing this now. The, I guess the terror plot was that they wanted to bomb. He wanted to bomb this convert the U.S. Capitol. So my question is, are we going to see some stories in which they are, you know, thwarting terror plots to go after you and me, maybe, versus just the U.S. Capitol, but perhaps a lot of the, you know, homegrown converts and stuff. They're mostly going after the big targets like the U.S. Capitol, I'm not sure. But they did at least thwart that, which is good. And this is exactly the way that I think the government should operate. They got a tip. The tip was based on communications that this guy put out into the public. So you didn't even have to get a warrant to do that. There was no wiretapping. Then they have somebody who is an undercover agent go befriend this person, which I'm entirely supportive. It doesn't violate your right to privacy if somebody just comes and, and speaks to you. And if he's trying to have this terror plot and says, oh, you know, keep it hush hush, there is no violation of rights when you turn that information over to the government. This is all part of my paper on the solution to the third party doctrine. There was no uh, improper conduct on the part of investigative, you know, investigatory police here in this situation. So they did catch one person. I was saying, you know, you're going after a jihadist who plans to bomb the U.S. Capitol. Are they thwarting plots to just go after civilian targets? Are we hearing about that? Do you see news on that very much? About what? About the thwarting of plots to no. go after civilians?
2: No. It's, uh, they want to make a noise about it because they're so special. Uh, politicians.
1: Right, right. So that if it, he's going after politicians... That is really bad. Yeah. What is What is your impression of converts... To Islam versus just the regular old Muslim, yeah? They're
2: worse as... um, Fabian. Yes, as I mentioned here, they're absolutely worse because they usually know what they're getting into. They've usually, they've read the Quran, they know the horrors. It's like the post-9-11 convert, to me, is up no damn good. You cannot be a decent person and embrace Islam after seeing 9-11. You can't do that. And one thing also about about these, uh, you know, so, someone asked me why are so why there's so many Muslims in the world? Well, a lot of them were quote unquote born Muslims. You know, Muslims have conquered endless countries. They're born Muslim, but a lot of them, you know, it's just it, it, it was out of force. And there's a lot of numbers there, and they procreate. So it's not like there's an embrace of, of Islam, a growing embrace of Islam. Usually, it's hardcore leftists who convert to Islam. Whether they are still atheists, I don't know. The, the writer for for Miss Marvel's uh, Muslim superhero, quote, unquote, I believe she was leftist. She she speaks about LGBT issues as a Muslim, as a Muslim she speaks right. about that. Right. No, you, you know you can't do that. So I think these are weak, the weakest of the bunch in the West who convert to Islam, and they're uh, they're of no good. They want to lord it over others, and usually they wear Muslim uh, clothing. They wear headscarves. She wears robes and headscarves. This American who converts Islam, and now she writes to Marvel. She's, she writes ex- exclus- exclusively for Marvel now, she also writes X-Men, an all-female team. Because that's, that's what you need. You need a member of the most misogynistic, misogynistic ideology on earth to write an all-team comic about women, an all-female team. That's what you need. That's the answer.
1: No, and you know, here's the thing, it is Marvel they are exercising their right to free speech and doing this, but we can of course criticize it and we Demand. can say in a time of war, why do we not have the cartoon industry doing what they did in World War II, have Captain America punching out because Hitler the equivalent, because right? Because they're
2: right. absolutely right. morally corrupt and is run by
1: leftists. So we have our government Sorry, one, defaulting on its obligation. We have the comic book industry defaulting on its one obligation. One person mentioned something right? about,
2: about comics, how brave they are. Because they, they all talk about how brave they are. They're brave, 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 right? They have uh, homosexual characters marrying. It's so brave to do in this climate today nice. where it's being embraced. That's right. brave. Right. All female character superhero teams, yeah, that's brave. That, that happened decades ago, by the way. Uh, black characters. Black characters have been in comics for 50, 60 years, yeah. leading their own comics. So, so there's nothing new. Everything that is safe, they will do. And then, you know what? Right now, I think their editors are Obama and Islam. If, if Obama approves, if Islam approves, they'll do it. Right. But if it gets mixed up, because you know, uh, Islam won't like everything that they do, well, at least Obama does. So that, that's the default. If Obama likes it, we're good. So it, it, might, it might as well be called the Obama era of comics, the Obama age of comics.
1: Right, right. Um, no, and and so our comic book industry is defaulting, and that's just, of course, one of many cultural outlets that is not doing what it should be doing. So our government's not doing it. The culture, in many cases, is not doing it. And look at what a university thought it might be doing, and luckily they've decided to cancel the plans to do this. This is from Jihad Watch. Thanks to Bosch for sending this article over. The latest is this headline Duke cancels the plan for Muslim call to prayer from chapel tower they had a plan to actually play the, the Muslim call to, call to prayer, to prayer mm. at Duke University in United States of America
2: Ugh. disgusting
1: this is Robert Spencer, writing as only Robert Spencer can, quote, the Hamas-linked terror organization known as the Council on American Islamic Relations will trumpet this as a victory for, quote, Islamophobia and fundraise off of it, but it is actually a victory for common sense, he says. And the has, he's linking to an Associated Press story, Duke Cancels Plan for Muslim Call to Prayer from from the uh, Tower by Jonathan Drew. And this is a quote from the Associated Press story, Duke University has canceled its plan to use the tower of its chapel for a weekly Amplify call to prayer for Muslims. In a release Thursday, the university said Muslims will instead gather on the quadrangle before heading into a room in the chapel for their weekly prayer service. Quote, Duke remains committed to fostering an inclusive, tolerant, and welcoming campus for all of its students. However, it was clear that what was conceived as an effort to unify was not having the intended effect, end quote. Gee, I wonder why. wonder why we would not want to promote Islam on a college campus.
2: No doubt Obama loved that news when it first said, now he might oppose it, because he said about the Muslim call to prayer. He spent four years in Indonesia, by the way. He called himself a little Jakarta kid. He went to Quran class. This guy was raised a Muslim. And, and he said that one of the prettiest sounds on earth at sunset is the Muslim call to prayer. He said this in a 2007 article for New York Times. Right. Man of the world, it was called. And he really was very open about his Muslim background. And uh, I remember I was sharing that for a time, and they expunged it from the web for a while until after I think he became president. Then they brought it back as if they never expunged it. But they did. They got that off the grid
1: and then while he was it running
2: and then brought it back as if they didn't get it off the grid. Because he was so open about it.
1: Just do him a little favor, right? Yeah. Now, under the cancel plan, listen to what would have happened if they hadn't canceled it. Members of the school's Muslim Students Association would have recited the call lasting about three minutes from the <laughs> bell tower. <laughs> you
2: can you imagine? That,
1: you are a that is student. an eternity. This is Duke University in North Carolina, they, United States of America. D-U-Q-E, and they e, are right? going that, they to names? spend three minutes. Broadcasting the call to the prayer by the Muslim Students Association. The
2: disgusting, haunting sound of death. I mean, that's really what it is. You're gonna bring that disgusting sound into the West, yep. and get it and get people used to it. By the way, uh, the movie I saw last night, American uh, Sniper, they had that, you know, in the opening. Ah, uh, it's disgusting.
1: John asked if there are that many Muslims on Duke's campus. Of course, the goal is to increase yeah, exactly. the number of Muslims. You right. know that
2: that's what it is. It's like this, yeah. they build mega mosques right. and they can't fill them up. They say, "Well, they will, believe me. We will eventually." That's the thinking. Right. As one Muslim said in Europe, uh, "We will conquer you by the womb by the wombs of our women." That's what they, they 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 plan, building mosques so they, therefore they'll, they will get filled up one day.
1: So here's, here's, here's a call to action for anyone who is involved in any university around the country. If another university decides to try this, to say that they're actually going to broadcast from some university, public facility, chapel tower, some sort of a tower, they're going to try to broadcast this call to prayer. I'm sure Muslim student associations around the country are trying to get this done.
2: They're part of the Muslim Brotherhood, by the way. They it are must, our enemies. It
1: must It must be opposed. It must be opposed. Um, and you know, what? I'm you know thinking, again, it is it is one thing to let Muslims come here and live peacefully. It is Islam it is throat? it is another thing. Now, you know, Duke, there there is no real private university yes. in the United States. Duke is about as private as maybe a private university could get. Although Hillsdale College does a lot better job. The donors, right? but, how, but
2: the donors threaten them, say, "You better knock that off, or I will give you not one more penny." I think is it was it Christians.
1: Christians yeah. So so you know, Duke has the right to do it if they want to. But nonetheless, we as patrons and customers of universities should oppose it. And, of course, if it's a state university, then you've got an establishment issue that there should not be any promotion of any religion. But I would use whatever influence you have to oppose the promotion of this religion in any way, shape, or form on our university campuses. That is something Especially
2: that- in a time of war. That's, that's, to me, the whole sick twisted thing about it. Right. We're at war. They are at war with us. Marvel's promoting Islam. Marvel Comics. Right. right. They're promoting Islam.
1: Right. Exactly. This is sick. Exactly. Now, here is another default of an important player in our culture, and that is our media. This is an article from The Blaze. And if you remember, there was a huge edition of Charlie Hebdo that was just published in the millions. How, how many millions? I don't know. Over, over
2: a million, which
1: is. Yeah, well over a million. Nice. It was sold out all over the place, wherever it was sold. But
2: then when you get into the details about the people behind Charlie Hebdo, they're really. They're, they're pretty sick.
1: Yeah. But, you know. You know f- nonetheless.
2: Forgive us, you know, that kind of thinking.
1: Yeah. But this is the thing. So then there was there was, there was. there was there was the new issue. The new issue of Charlie Hebdo was out there on the cover. There's a Mohammed cartoon. Yes, there is. And, and that's the, the point. Associated Press was, of course, covering the story about the large edition and oh, really how, it, it. How, how it was selling out everywhere, et cetera. But the Blaze headline says this, Four Ways the Associated Press is Avoiding Showing the Muhammad Cartoon on the new Charlie well, right. Hebdo issue. And, again, you can find the link over at my blog at DontLetItGo.com. Were you can little, see all less, of these pictures for yourself because you have to see these pictures for yourself. They were a
2: little less obvious than the pixels. They were right. a little less obvious. They were a lot more subtle, actually, where you might not even catch it.
1: You mean that they were avoiding it? Yeah, that yeah. they were
2: literally you know, covering it with their hands. People were holding it with, with their hands over the Muhammad face, looking at a certain angle that would completely cover the Muhammad drawing.
1: Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so they, they give you the the different ways, and you can see all the images. The first one is strategic hand placement. Mm-hmm. So the person who's carrying the magazine just happens to have his hand and over no doubt the Muhammad image. The
2: photographer like, can you could you get your hand over? Okay, guys, good, good.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're all well, posed. C- can you fold the newspaper <laughs> exactly. in half? You know? um, I mean, third disgusting. one hiding hiding the cartoon behind other newspapers, right? So then you don't have to. See they're it.
2: legitimizing mm-hmm. uh, violence against yeah. cartoons is just what they're doing right. they're re- legitimizing it
1: and then finally leaving the cartoon out of the camera's frame yeah. so you would have seen it if the photo just wasn't cut off right <sighs> there yeah <laughs> and they do that a million times and, so they're they're covering it but they're not printing yeah. it i mean you know obama doesn't want to... no they're wanna, covering it literally obama doesn't want our press to inflame the enemy right
2: the enemy's inflamed and they want an excuse and one thing also they what they love doing Behind closed doors, uh, to Muslims, Osama bin Laden always gave speeches where he was he spoke about Islam, 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 Islam. Its original, you know, content. And then when when he spoke, when he knew his words would get out to the West, he kept using pretense, as in we're doing this because they're doing that. We're we're no, absolutely not. And that's what they're trying to do here. They're going to kill us anyway. So if if they see individuals going out of their way to quote unquote insult Islam, yeah, then they'll do it. But you know, you can't. You can't tell the truth about Islam without insulting Islam. It's, it's part and parcel. You cannot do it. And that's why you know, anyone who's honest about Islam is considered insulting Islam and therefore ready, ready to be killed.
1: Right, right. Now, really, if we are going to have a culture of free speech in which we can criticize this religion – that is motivating people who want to kill us. We need this climate of free speech. And we need it not just for that. I mean, we're talking about that this week. But free speech is so crucial for criticizing anything that's wrong out there and just being able to express yourself in general, a positive message, like whiplash that we talk about and we're going to talk about in a little bit. Free speech is a tremendous crucial value because free speech enables free thought, and we need to be able to think in order to produce And sustain our lives, Uh, but right now we're focusing really on free speech in terms of the ability to criticize those people, foreign and domestic, who want to violate our rights, whether they be people who are declaring war on us or our own politicians. Which in effect, I think the Obama administration has a virtual war on uh, on United States and its and and its freedoms. Right. Their enemy of free speech. We so. You know, if if we're going to do this, then we need to have what I would maybe call an infrastructure that furthers and protects speech. Of course, the most important component of that is our government. Our government needs to reaffirm loudly whenever appropriate that free speech is one of the core principles of our country. Epic fail by Obama administration by not going to France. They doubled down and made it even a worse failure by sending the gift-wrapped dog poop that is John Kerry and James Taylor. So no reaffirming. And in fact, Ernest, Josh Ernest, goes out there and tells everybody that we're going to put pressure on media outlets to not criticize Islam, Jihad, etc., because, oh, safety,
2: they sat there security. And they sat there and took it, the, the media heads, right? They didn't say, how dare you? Right. How dare you?
1: And and, and what, what else should our government be doing? Our government you know, certainly shouldn't be putting pressure. They should be reaffirming the right of the news media to do this. And they should also be proclaiming loudly out there how they are foiling jihadist plots, not just against the U.S. Capitol, because, yes, we know that you're defending Barack Obama, FBI, yes. and that's your job one, and, okay, it is what you're supposed to be doing. But if I was... In charge of FBI right now, I would try to put out there any news story showing how they were aggressively going after people who would use violence against people who exercise their free speech. I would say, okay, let's show out there as much as possible that we are aggressively protecting our citizens' right to speak so, yes, it is good that there's this story about the thwarted jihadist plot. But I'm certain that there must be some sort of investigations going on. There better be investigations going on out there where they're saying, hmm, there are potential plots against individuals and, and media outlets exercising their free speech. Let's show Americans that we are actually doing our job protecting their rights to speak. That's what government should be doing. we
2: the- also know, I mean, just uh- Obama is also proving how incompetent this enemy is as well. Five, six years of this crap, and they still have been able to hit us in any significant way, like a 9/11 type thing, with Obama in charge. Right. That just tells you. Just reminds you, they're vicious. They're 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 annihilationists. They want to wipe us out, but they're so weak.
1: Well, and you I th- I think it also shows that there are actual still true patriots. In oh, the no intelligence or organizations absolutely, and everywhere else, right? No
2: doubt about it. Despite Obama, so, despite everything. But
1: you know, to any of you but, who might be listening, who are, who are actually the true patriots absolutely. who are saving our butts, despite they didn't our, our Thank you. They didn't enter
2: government politics. They they entered to protect America, to protect Americans, and they're still there despite the crap they get from our administration, from the government at large. So yes, that. But also, what I'm saying is, they've been crippled. Still, this enemy. Can't fight us in a serious war type way. They have to sneak attack us. They have yeah. to do this. Yeah, there have, was you know. there
1: was an article about a week ago that supposedly there are a lot of plots that Al Qaeda yeah. is formulating. So we'll we'll see yeah. how that plays well, out.
2: I think the end result of Obama after this, we will get hit, even if we get a Republican president. Well, himself, that, we will. That,
1: that's what John over here in the chat no, was we saying earlier. Yeah, how it's, it's how inevitable. long? How long can we last? So we don't we don't have the government doing what it what it should do. Universities universities should be allowing full criticism, just a lot of open debate about the nature of Islam. And instead, universities we've seen repeatedly have tried to keep out speakers yeah. like Bill Maher, like Ian Hirsi Ali. Again, many universities are private institutions, so they do have the right, they have the right to allow or not allow whatever speech is going on on their campuses. That is part of free speech, that if you are a private company, whether it's an educational institution, you have the right to exclude certain types of speech, but you should not. And you particularly should welcome a full and open debate about the nature of religion. You should encourage, if if people are going to talk about it, that they actually read the Quran, that they know what they're talking about. And I would say if you value human survival, that you would welcome the critics of Islam onto your campus. You would not make them suffer all sorts of humiliations, you know, be invited and not be invited, be disinvited, you know, all this kind of stuff. This is, I I think, abominable, horrible, shameful that universities have done that. It is shameful that a university would push the Muslim call to prayer in today's day and age. I'm wondering if the person who originally made that decision knows anything about the religion no. that they're allowing to be promoted. No, Islam's on good,
2: right. period. I don't yeah. know why, but it's good. So, one thing also, in terms of those, as you mentioned, those who want to speak about this, they should really do their homework. Mark Levin goes out there and talks about the uh, Muslim terrorist who killed the Muslim cop, right? And says he shot down the Muslim, the true Muslim, the faith Muslim, not the islamo as he called it, Meaning the Islamic Nazi is not a Muslim. The, only the guy that he killed is a Muslim. That's terrible. That's terrible. It's not true. It's terrible. And he's pushing that idea, and it's no different than what Obama's doing. They're not true Muslims, is what he's saying. Yep. And he's supposed to be this truth teller, conservative. You know, it's, he's not. And he, you know, he says he sleeps very little. He reads a lot. Read the Quran. Talk about the content that these right. guys follow. Right. Stop you know, sugarcoating Islam, right. by ignorance or or who knows what what reason.
1: Right. So, yeah, So, so universities definitely should allow this knowledgeable, full and open debate about it. And then in terms of our cultural outlets, comics in particular, if they have any sense of self-preservation, they actually want to live in a free world where they can do what they want, they should at least have one comic, on their roster. At least. That takes on Jihad. At least. One good a, one. As a counter.
2: <laughs> a good comic. You know, like like Pigman, let's say. Something like that. Uh, check out this one uh, thing I did in answer to this. It, it, it's called, um, Marvel used to have a comic book called What If? And I asked, what if Marvel Comics had balls? And check out my blog to see what I mean by that. I, I visualize what it would mean if they had balls.
1: Right, right. Um, and, and then our press outlets. Our press outlets should not shy away from reproducing the Charlie Hebdo cartoons. If it is newsworthy to talk about the publication of the Charlie Hebdo magazine, it's newsworthy to go ahead and put the cover out there as well. You know, when people say "Je suis Charlie" and they're not actually going to put the comic out there, then what are we doing? We are in effect appeasing. You are allowing jihadists to be your Editor, I decided to about them acceptable. also
2: in terms of don't draw Muhammad cartoons because then Muslims will act the way we expect them to act, and then Islam will get a bad rap again. No, but that, that could be behind it also. Don't draw that because Muslims – we know what Muslims are going to do. You know, I know, even though I pretend they're going to make Islam look bad again. We don't want to make Islam look bad. Right. So don't draw Muhammad cartoons anymore. I think that's the thinking with some of these rats. <laughs> I mean if you draw it, a Muslim just walking by. <gasps> kill, he'll turn to kill mode in a split second. In a, in a drop of a Muhammad cartoon, he'll turn to kill mode Muslim. From you know moderate Muslim to kill mode Muslim. Yeah, there's split, there's
1: there's no free that, will. There's no, no there's no process. And then Islam
2: yeah. will get you know smeared right. again. And we don't want that. It's a great religion,
1: right.
2: unless you draw a Muhammad cartoon. Unless you say so. Unless you, you know it's a great religion.
1: Now let's let's move on to another element of the culture, which is the other major you know world major religions, in particular Catholicism. Thanks to Jonathan Honig for sharing this article uh, from the Don't Let It Go on Her page on Facebook. He sent it over there. It is Muslims and artists must change, so say the Catholic League. So, you know, pox on both your houses. Mm. Muslims and artists, you're both doing something wrong. Here's the pull quote. Thanks to Jonathan for, for getting this for me. Quote, Catholicism teaches that freedom is the right to do what you ought to do.
2: What you ought to do. As, According to
1: Yes, as such, it is always tied to duty and to individual responsibility. Once that understanding breaks down, as it has in the West, trouble follows. Unfortunately, many artists interpret their right as a solo exercise, disconnected from duty. End quote. Sounds so Kantian. Because but, whether you're doing something out of duty is the key thing, and of course you couldn't be doing something out of duty unless you were doing the right thing because it's the right thing, and uh, the really the only freedom you have is to do the right thing. It is not freedom. There is no such thing as right unless you have the option to not do uh, the right thing.
2: To not say the the right thing, quote unquote, whatever that means.
1: And and of course there is yeah, vile. There are plenty of things that I think people ought to have the right to do, Bill
2: that I don't that think name? they
1: should do. But yeah. nonetheless, it doesn't, you know, y- your rights are meaningless if you're not allowed to the right- make the wrong decisions. Unless
2: you violate the yeah. rights of others. I mean, yeah. you can say yeah. whatever you damn well please. You really, really can. The Bill Donahue, is that his name?
1: The the this it, is this the is the head of the place? yeah
2: I think that's his name. He's okay. a vile pig. And he was on with a fellow Catholic, uh, Hugh Hewitt, and they went at it. He, he, it's really, it's sick, twisted, but entertaining. And Hugh Hewitt is, 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 is very good, but I'm wondering if he's just protecting Catholicism by damning him. I wonder if that's what, what really is motivating, but whatever. It's very good. He's saying, you know, basically saying that they, they had it coming. Bill Duny said that Charlie Hebdo victims had it coming. And he tried to pretend he didn't say it, which he did say that. And he doubled down on it while pretending that he didn't. It's really ugly. But it tells you these guys are, you know, in, in some sense, uh, I, I mean, there's a history of this uh, in the last dozen years where sometimes a Christian comes up and he says, well, you could tell they're envious of what's going on with Islam. Islam is being respected. It doesn't matter how, why. Via force, terror, it's being respected. And they want that kind of respect. So, therefore, they were gonna, you know, sang- you know, they're going to sanction this to some extent, what the jahads have done. Because they want their religion to be immune from criticism as well, and uh, I, I mentioned the, uh, the Pope. After.
1: Oh yeah, we're gonna yeah. mention. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the Pope as well. But you know, this this idea that you know you have freedom, but freedom is really only the right to do what you ought to do, if. You are not doing. So, <laughs> it's
2: unbelievable. So, so
1: basically, what the
2: ads are freedom. What,
1: what he's envisioning, except what
2: he thinks is, freedom
1: is, he, he's envisioning himself as a cultural czar. Yes. And oh, well, you getting, can't do that. Yeah, that's what you should be doing with your free yeah. speech. That, th- this is no longer free speech. Free speech is the ability to do. I mean, you know, again, um, you know the. Free
2: speech extremists is is what we are. Right.
1: The piece piece of music that we played at the the beginning of the show today, which was from Mitch Benn, still going to do it. Not my favorite in terms of the type of music it is for the particular subject matter, but whatever. That's not my place to say, oh, he can or cannot do it. Um, Do it.
2: I'm glad they did it. They're opposing evil. You know, despite their execution, they're opposing evil, which is a good thing.
1: So catholicly coming in we could say and you know in general the whole idea of religion is opposed to free speech and free thought because if you say anything that is not in accordance with the religion technically it would could be blasphemy yeah. and you're not allowed to be doing this now there are not a whole lot of people today that are catholics or christians that take their religion so seriously to the extent that they wouldn't allow free speech and free criticism. This is a point that's been made a bunch of times. You can insult Jesus or you can insult Judaism. Without
2: fear of your life. Mormonism.
1: Without, without Without the kind of fear that you would have if you insult Islam. So nonetheless, it's not the same. But But in essence, I mean, this is what the Catholic League is showing. Yeah. They're showing that, well, you know... Free speech goes only so far. No, yeah. if free speech goes only so far, the only the only limit you should have on speech is when a speech act is tantamount to, crowded, you know, violence. yelling fire in the crowded theater type situation, or actual inciting to violence. Yeah. Otherwise, offensive, 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 and. Damn? You exercise your rights to not be exposed to offensive conduct as much I mean you know, content as much as you can, but that is what your right is to do in return. There is no speech you know besides direct inciting of violence that is a real threat to anybody. It can offend you, it can hurt you, you know sticks and stones
2: and some so good I, I hope they are offended, some really offended. So they it.
1: no no right to be wrong according to the Catholic Church. And the Pope chimes in similarly. Thanks to Bosch for sending me this one. This is from the New York Daily News. The Pope on Charlie Hebdo quote, You cannot insult the faith of others.
2: That's in other words,
1: roll over And let them take over.
2: Yeah, what he said was, uh, you know, Pope Francis in uh, response to the Charlie Hebdo Jihad attack, one cannot make fun of faith, and anyone who throws insults can expect a punch. He said, as my friend said, you know, if you insult his mother, you expect a punch. No, you're saying that. Your friend maybe told you, but you're telling us now. And that's why I said, you know, I said, and note the the Pope's big butt. You know, the Pope has a big butt here. You know, the Pope's (laughs) big butt. He goes, it's true that we can't act violently, but, and as Patrick says in the chat room, uh, what Salman Rushdie calls the butt brigade, you know. Right. I hate violence, but,
1: you know. But you had it coming. These guys basically. have big butts.
2: You know? right. They love big butts, but they can't deny it. Right?
1: So the Pope is is giving a similar message. So I would say, you know, this is a challenge to Catholics. Within your religion, if you don't like what the Catholic League, what the Pope are saying about a limit on free speech to criticize Islam and jihad… Within, They're on the side of the know, with, of
2: civilization. They're on the side of jihad. The Pope, the Catholic League, they are on the side of jihad because they can't condemn them fully. They can't. They are against Charlie Hebdo, fundamentally. They said Charlie Hebdo went too far, meaning they had it coming, as the guys suggested. They had it coming. You draw Muhammad. You, you, you draw in the privacy of your own studio, whatever, and you get to be murdered. And these guys are unmoved by that. They're like, "Well, I mean, you know, went too far. I mean, this is just evil. Yeah, absolutely evil."
1: So this is this is certainly if we want to survive and have an you know atmosphere and environment where people are free to speak, free to pronounce criticisms of anything that they think is inimical to their lives. You cannot have leading religious figures, influential religious figures, saying, "Well, you know,"
2: it just, it just tells you they,
1: they, they got a point.
2: It just shows you that you know when people are you know when they say, "Well, not all religions are the same." In some aspects, they are, and this is a you know, this is a, a new a, a new showing of that with the Pope coming out. The Pope came out with jihad. He basically said, "Well, guys." You know, you shouldn't do, it's not good to act violently, but.
1: Well, and, and people have made this point before, but how much of this is, well, you know, we Catholics, we wish that we could scare people into not that, blaspheming our religion. The, no, that's what right? I'm saying, there's yeah, an yeah, envy yeah. there. Yeah.
2: And yeah. There's, there's a guy who came out explicitly a number of years ago, I forgot his name, but it's in my notes. I have 2,000 pages of notes. Yeah. The guy said something like, you know, I mean, like, uh, he was frustrated. He was frustrated that he couldn't kill, more or less. You know what I mean? And like, damn, I want to get these guys stopped too. And these guys are stopping them. Well, they're not. That's the point. They're not stopping people from drawing Muhammad. More people are drawing Muhammad. You know, when he, when you threaten people's freedom, they tend to really express it a lot more than they would like otherwise.
1: Fat and Lash, for example, did a great a drawing. great out cartoon. There. It was it was really nice to. Excellent. Like... I
2: think he's done twice, uh, two drawings. So there's just. Yeah.
1: But yeah, again, you
2: know, we don't we don't set out to draw Muhammad, but when we get threats like this, okay, we're gonna draw that bastard.
1: Speaking freely means speaking freely. And, you know, Rand firmly believed that all of the rights that we have and our you know, ethics, all all of the you know, the virtues are a unity. There is no idea of oh free speech but speaking only according to your duty. Free speech means speaking your mind, your own mind, saying those things that you believe are right because you have thought about it for yourself, looking at reality out there in the world. Not this idea of, oh, there's duty or, you know, faith that that is not coming from the real world out there and the evidence of your senses. If
2: if we were worried about pissing people off by what what we say, we wouldn't say much. We wouldn't have the show. That's for sure. Yeah, We wouldn't because we'd be like, well, that might piss this person off. And someone might like the Pope in this chat room or listening on live. Who cares? The guy sucks. I mean, he is with, he threw in with jihad. He sanctioned the attack on yes. Charlie Hebdo. He,
1: he is expressing sympathy for one of, if not our most dangerous enemy, today. I'd, I'd still say the, the worst is Barack Obama because of his default, but that's uh, I mean, in terms of
2: can I, ours Can I make an aside?
1: Uh, if it, yeah, if it's quick. I want to go on to some positive Someone, at least some, some different someone told stories. me today I
2: should go into Congress
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what
2: I mean? Because you really a kick butt, and I said, look, I'm not in the business of uh, being a professional tongue-biter. I mean, I, I, I first of all wouldn't ever dream of being a politician, but politicians bite their tongue as a way of life and You see when they suck their mouth maybe, when maybe, they when maybe they
0: bite not their
2: mouth. Mu- no, no, Ted Cruz. Even though to some extent you still see him not say things that philosophers yeah. and thinkers and writers would say, but he's the best of the best. But, but what I'm saying is, you become a professional tongue biter. You bite your tongue as a way of life. I can't imagine doing that. It's impossible.
1: Yeah. So speaking freely, speaking freely with an infrastructure, as I you know am terming it, maybe correctly, incorrectly, of. Government of all the entities in the culture, universities, the press, popular culture outlets like comics, right? Everybody should be in concert in terms of supporting the exercise of free speech, not supporting the enemy cause in the process, if you can. And as we saw in the stories today, it's really exactly the opposite. So how freely are we speaking right now? On this show, we're we're oppressed. I mean, we those of us who would like to speak out are are you know by our own government now being oppressed. Well, it's also a a,
2: a matter of taste. Like some people, they say certain words, terms about Islam. I would never say. It's not that I'm afraid to say it. It's just it's a matter of taste. You don't want to put things certain in certain ways. Oh sure. But I don't feel limited.
1: Well, okay, we're still doing it. Of course. But my point is is that we're doing it despite the fact that we're getting absolutely no explicit no, no, protection. We're, no, we're getting actually no the opposite. Mor- no moral support. In fact, we're, we're getting them, the opposite. Yeah, right? well, you better watch and out. And everyone in the culture, not everyone, but a lot of big players in the culture are in support of those whom we are criticizing that we see using our own evidence that we've looked at. We see this is inimical to our lives. We're going to continue.
2: John says, Bosch, 2016, yes! No, but, it, you know, uh, he, he was president. Ba- imagine Barack Obama didn't say anything, just had some, he was walking through the media, and he had a Charlie Hebdo t-shirt. Something as simple as that, with, with that cover. As simple as that. That tells you, yeah, you wouldn't, volume. Yeah, you
1: wouldn't You wouldn't have to say anything. Nothing.
2: Just walk through, the media has a camera on you, and that's
1: it. So let's, let's, let's uh hmm? Okay. No, no, let, let's go on to a couple other stories. I've got about, I don't know, five more stories. We've got about 20 minutes or so to go. One is a completely different topic, which is from Rob Abiera. Thanks for sending this. This is a new senator from Oklahoma, Senator James Lankford, co-sponsored the, quote, Local Leadership and Education Act. It's a bill that would protect states and local school districts from increased federal intrusion. It is Lankford's first legislation co sponsorship as a United States senator. So I think that is a good sign in terms of Lankford and you know, push back against increasing federal control over education. I've just started teaching an education law class, and I'm learning, at least with respect to California in that class, that it is a huge, massive bureaucracy. In the state of California, 40% of our tax revenue. 40% of the state budget goes to the government schools, 40%. And the bureaucracy includes a state board of education and a superintendent of public instruction. One is appointed by the governor, one is elected. The elected one is supposed to be a CEO, but of course that person was not selected like a normal CEO. And so when they interact with the board, they sometimes have political struggles and turmoil and sometimes the state board will actually sue the superintendent of public instruction, and guess who pays for that? Tax dollars. It is a huge mess. So, even if you get the federal government out of it, the state government is a huge bureaucracy. I just gave you one little piece of the information that I've learned this week. And so, there is a, a lot, uh, a long way to go. But this is, I think, a good sign. Next, uh, another, I think, piece of good news. There are a number of senators who have now called on the Justice Department to stop sharing asset forfeiture funds. If you're interested in the issue of civil asset forfeiture, go to the Institute for Justice. They're doing a great job fighting this horrible, horrible practice that's been entrenched in our government at various levels. But right now there is a bipartisan group of lawmakers who have signed a letter to Eric Holder, leading members of the House and Senate Judiciary Committee's called on the Justice Department on Friday to cut off the flow of hundreds of millions of dollars of proceeds from seized property to police departments around the country. They sent a letter to the Attorney General, and they said the Justice Department should stop distributing funds from its, quote, equitable sharing program, which pools money seized under asset forfeiture laws and shares it with law enforcement agencies across the country. Who was it signed by? The Senate Judiciary Committee. I I can't believe that they do that. They seize this money in advance of any charging with a crime. Some people whose money and assets are seized are never indicted. This is one of the worst practices. And these law enforcement agencies often have an incentive to do it because they're going to get the fruits of the seized assets. Now, the ones who signed it, Senate Judiciary Committee, Chuck Grassley, House Judiciary member... Jim Sensenbrenner, Conyers, Democrat from Michigan, and Senator Mike Lee, Republican from Utah, all signing this letter. So you do have the Democrat in there, Conyers, which is good. A number of Democrats have gotten on board with this uh, asset forfeiture issue, so I think that's excellent to see. I'm I'm thinking this is some place where they can actually make a real inroads, make some real progress in in the cause of protecting individual rights. Here's the article that I think I was telling you about earlier. It's Obama says hacks show need for cybersecurity law. And if you remember when we were playing that horribly painful press conference with Obama where he was a couple different times, you know, he was reacting to Sony. He was blaming Sony for having been, you know, not calling him even though they did and Why did they make the decision not to play the movie and all of this stuff? And then he invoked twice the need for information sharing. There was going to need to be new legislation. So that's what he's doing. And, you know, these hacks, these hacks that are probably made because our government has helped to weaken the systems, the networks, it just shows we need more law, we need more government control. And this is a Yahoo News story. Again, go to my blog, DontLetItGo.com. All the links that we've talked about today are there. President Obama said that the cyber attacks against Sony and the Pentagon's Central Command highlight the need for toughen laws on cybersecurity. Now here's the quote. This is a quote from Obama meeting with congressional leaders. Listen to the language. With the Sony attack that took place, with the Twitter account that was hacked by Islamist jihadist sympathizers yesterday. It just shows how much more work we need to do, both public and private sector, to strengthen our cybersecurity, end quote, the president said. He is putting the pressure on congressional leaders. He's using that language that he never – you've ever heard him use that language, Islamist, jihadist, sympathizers? No,
2: it's still a crap term, but for him it's just revolutionary. Yeah.
1: He says, I think we agreed this is an area where we can work hard together to get some legislation done. To get some gun pointing done, that's what he means, people. some gun pointing, he
2: hasn't met
1: and make sure we are much more effective in protecting the American people from these kinds of cyber attacks. End quote. And the kind of thing that they're talking about is, you share some information with us, we will protect you from liability. So this is, as far as I can tell, this is the equivalent of the mafia guy coming over and saying, hey. We'll give you protection. Yeah. You know, From us. you give us the information we want. We will give you protection, and otherwise, we're not going to give you protection. And you know, government government does not protect our rights anymore. Government decides which rights of ours it wants to protect, and it invades others, or all of them. So this is this is the coming thing. I would say once there is any actual concrete piece of legislation on the ground. We need to fight, 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 fight. Because what he's doing here, Obama, especially in using that language, that is the fishiest language for him to be using. He is showing he wants to make the push toward turning our world into the world of 1984.
2: I hope Ted Cruz caught that and told the guys, you know what he's doing, right? I hope so. I I hope so.
1: I would hope so, too.
2: Because he's the only guy I could see detecting
1: that. Ed Ed in the chat room is saying information sharing means ban cryptography for citizens' communications. Yes. And it is in England, right, that they've already explicitly proposed Uh,
2: that. Cameron.
1: Yeah, Cameron has explicitly proposed banning that. What we've already seen in that section, I think it's section 309 of H.R. 4681, the one that the House already passed, in that section 309, right, First of all, they have all these cover communications. They're allowed to collect and disseminate and retain. There's supposed to be this limit of retaining the so-called cover communications for five years. But that limit doesn't apply if the communication is encrypted. So as I tell my legalized privacy audiences, if you want to preserve any particular document, work of literature, for future generations to make sure it's not lost in history. It used to be that you would get that thing printed on acid-free paper and bury it in the desert. That was what people used to talk about. Now I would suggest encrypting it and sending it over an encrypted email service so that the NSA will gather it up and preserve it for all time in the Utah Data Center, and then maybe someday somebody will, will read it, or you know, probably do both because the government's not that good at anything, no. including probably preserving all the data that they believe. No, no, no. Collect it all.
0: Wow.
1: Collect it all. So, yeah. Um, it The encryption may not be banned yet, but it is already been passed in legislation that they can preserve this forever. The only way to stop this is, like I said, get rid of the third-party doctrine. That is how to avoid 1984. The way to prevent 1984 from becoming a reality right. is to get rid of the third party doctrine.
2: That's that's a good cool, cool way to put. I guess it's a new but good uh, way to
1: put it, but that's really what it is.
2: Maybe that's, uh, that's how we you do it. You could shorten that into a title for a piece because it's
1: very good. Yeah, don't want 1984 banned. the th- yeah. get rid of the third party doctrine, something like that. Yeah. So that's the end of my bad news for today. We have about 12 minutes or so. Let's talk about some stuff which is good. Ted Cruz put out there a. Positive agenda. That's what he's trying to do—is put out there a positive agenda. Yeah, but his political uh,
2: ambitions are over. According to whom? He, he was 17 years old. Uh, liquor, or something.
1: Oh right, okay. he had possession of alcohol. So
2: he's a criminal. <laughs> now he wasn't the friends with a terrorist like by Bill Ayers. He wasn't Jeremiah Wright's. You know, he wasn't. He's not a bad guy. He, you know, but he had some liquor when he was 17 years old, caught. So therefore, it's over. Don't you know? Oh yeah. Now think about this also. That's the one thing the left and the right have been trying to get him on something, and that's the best they were able to muster. I think this guy's clean as a whistle because they would have, believe me, he had been a prominent figure for maybe a couple of years now, and that's all they have? <laughs> I mean, this is no, this, I'm, this, I'm, this this is is good news.
1: I'm I'm sure that there's more coming, Yeah, but not, I'm hoping that but this is it's all, they've all been at able, this level. But this is all they've,
2: they've, they've, they've been trying to find. This I'm is sorry.
1: laughable. This no, is It just is. A laughable.
2: It's, it's a joke. And he said, well, we were all young. And, uh, no.
1: You know, Ted, Ted Cruz's political career is far from over, and I really did like – there's a graphic that he put out on Facebook this week, and I went ahead and shared it. But I changed the order yeah. of the list of 10 close. issues that he wanted to tackle You know, now that the Senate has the majority. So you, know, if you go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com, the place that I link to is the place where I have posted this graphic. And the reason I send you there is because I – put a different order to the issues. So he has 10 issues and I suggest that we should put them in this order, the order that I'm going to read you now. First, we should deal seriously with the twin threats of ISIL and a nuclear Iran. Now, the way he's putting it, I would just say Islamic terrorism and I wouldn't, you know, limit it to only particular entities He's a politician but you yeah. know I think that would be job one. He has that listed as number 10. Mm. I don't know that he means that it's the tenth priority but I, don't I think, think so that, but, but you know
2: it's important to put them in, in levels important also a level of importance
1: yeah and I, and I was I was really actually torn between this one and the one that I put next because the next one and he says I love that he uses this language he continues to use this language. he says pursue all means possible to repeal. Obamacare. Yes. He doesn't say replace, no. repeal. Now I'm all in favor of them replacing with a free market,
2: you mm. know, Go- government free market healthcare bill. That would be good. Yeah.
1: yeah, that would be wonderful. But you know, so I, w- I was torn between. But I think still, right now today, job one: protect us from these foreign jerks. Uh, no, worse than jerks, invaders. But yeah, second: repeal Obamacare. Then after that. Champion school choice and repeal common core. I'm really more in favor of the repeal common core. What does champion school choice exactly mean? It might mean vouchers. Do you want government money going to private institutions and then coming with strings attached and all the horrible things? Some of the reading that I'm starting to do in education law Shows that it that's really not going to work very well. There's establishment problems for a lot of the religious schools. I think we really just want to do everything we can to get government out. Repeal Common Core is a great place to start, and I would actually put that third. I would repeal Obamacare, then repeal Common Core. Then the next one, I put past a strong balanced budget amendment. Some say that that's completely uh, something that we could not do, but I would drastically cut. Spending in some way, it doesn't necessarily have to be a balanced budget amendment, which the economist experts out there say is not feasible at all. But let's drastically curtail spending. And let's tack it to some sort of concrete index that we can do. If it's not a balanced budget amendment, it's, you know, balance plus a certain deficit limit or so, you know, whatever is actually realistic, let's try to, to rein in that spending. So that would be the next one after that. Uh, pass fundamental tax reform, make taxes. Actually, I don't know. I'm actually torn between these two. Which would you first? Would you cut the spending or would you get rid of the IRS first?
2: I, cutting IRS just sounds a lot more extreme. Yeah, maybe,
1: I, maybe I'd like to get rid of the IRS just to send a message. That would it, be nice. So, so I, might, I might change the order that I originally posted, and I put his number six first and then number eight, especially if it's hard to really
2: that be a, a you know, have to change. a balanced
1: budget. Of that middle. would
2: be a right. hardcore change in the system.
1: Uh, so that would that would be wonderful to get rid of the IRS if they could do that. Now, if they have any political clout left after getting all of these awesome things done, go number one. He says embrace a big pro-jobs growth agenda. When I've heard him speak, a lot of what he means there is open up the market uh, for energy production.
0: Right.
1: Can we just have the Keystone Pipeline? Can we just finally allow that? Can we not punish the coal industry for existing and for giving electricity to our homes. Can we just do that? Can we just have a free market in energy? And that would...
2: Can we have leaders who don't despise the country?
1: Yeah, and who don't despise prosperity and, and success. That would be wonderful. So that would be the next one. Number five, stop the culture of corruption, if he means doing some sorts of things to minimize cronyism. I would think that all the prior things that are on the list would help get rid of the cronyism. Uh there's a lot of stuff in the IRS, the lobbying for tax credits for this or that. If you got rid of all of that, that would help get rid of a lot of the cronyism. If you got rid of all the regulations on the energy industry, that would help get rid of get rid of a lot of the cronyism. There is, you know, a lot of the substantive things, but anything else to get rid of cronyism? I would I would be in favor of then the next one Secure the border and stop illegal amnesty. That's the way he puts it. I put it way down the list in terms of priority. And I say in conjunction, if you want to go ahead and secure the border in the sense of let's, let's actually keep track of who's coming in and screen them properly, I'm all for that. But I say in, in addition, pass a proper open immigration policy where we're keeping people out only if they pose a risk to our rights, our, our health and, and well-being, not because they want to compete for jobs or because you don't like them. (sighs) Some people then audit the federal reserve. I put that kind of down far on the list because I'm not sure exactly what it would accomplish. I'd sort of enjoy seeing the federal reserve audited because I think the federal reserve has caused so many problems for our economy. I don't know what exactly would come of it. So I would need to know more. And then finally I put on the very last, this past, um, excuse me, um,
2: Abide by the Constitution?
1: No, no, no. Number four is he, hold government accountable and rein in judicial activism. Now, I haven't had a chance to look at it. Supposedly Rand Paul has a response to this idea of having some control over the judiciary, how how wrong that is. And that's probably true. We need to have an independent judiciary. Yeah, he's
2: sometimes right, Rand Paul.
1: Right, sometimes. right. Sometimes what something that they probably both agree on is the idea that they want to reduce the right to abort a fetus, they want to reduce the right of gays to marry. This is part of their agenda, a huge part of their agenda. And so I put that at the very last. I say, okay, yeah, if there is anti you know, freedom agenda. If there is something actually legitimate you're gonna do about the judiciary Okay, but put it at the very end and leave out the part about abortion and gay marriage. You know, this idea of the social issues agenda of Republicans, that should be at the very end. It should not be number four. And I'm sure he did some sort of social media research to put that list together. But I I like almost all of this. Absolutely right. And this is the thing that, again, makes we Ted Cruz unique. This, I like almost all of the things he's proposed. I would put it in a different order. I would have a different emphasis about certain things. Some things I would leave out entirely. But I like almost all of this if, stuff.
2: As I say, if he get that done, we're talking, it's a revolution. Yes. <laughs> you know I mean? yes. It is like, okay, we we will be okay.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Now, we, what do we have here? Um, get rid of the EPA after the IRS. Oh, is Jim Dahl in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio. That would be wonderful to get rid of the EPA as part of a, the a, the pro jobs thing. agenda. Abolish the IRS would be great. Oh, there's a um <laughs> there's a hashtag game on Twitter apparently Ted Cruz crimes. Huh. So it's going to be all this mild stuff like alcohol possession. Romney. Oh, that could be really fun to play. He,
2: he made fun of Obama.
1: I like I like Twitter games every now and you then.
2: Know, uh, Ted Cruz did say, we. I think I mentioned it recently, but he said that uh, Mitt Romney uh, French kissed Obama in their, in their third debate. And that probably stuck with uh, Mitt Romney because Ted Cruz never leaves Mitt Romney's lips. Right. He keeps them for for Barack Obama's butt. I mean, he doesn't keep them for for Ted Cruz's name. <laughs> he's never said the the words Ted Cruz.
1: Wow. Mitt,
2: Mitt Romney. I've never heard him. Say.
1: That's pretty funny. When he's but, asked about, it's like I don't I don't talk uh, about you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah.
2: just you know, it's like he it, he's in his head. He's not coming out of his mouth.
1: Right. Right. Two more pieces of good news besides Ted Cruz, and I put him first because that's politics, and this is something that has a hope of countering all the miserable things that we talked about today. Unfortunately. Uh, First story is, just comes from the world of science. Scientists have managed to delete, they put that in quotes, but delete the HIV virus from human DNA for the first time. This is a story from the Daily Mail. Scientists use a DNA-snipping enzyme called Cas-10, excuse me, Cas9 to cut out the virus. The cell's gene repair machinery then takes over, soldering the loose ends of the genome back together, resulting in a virus-free cell. The process could cure other latent infections as well. Exciting discovery, but not yet ready to go to the clinic. And all I want to say is, is we really need to repeal Obamacare. We need to get the government out of Despite medicine. Despite government obstructionism, so, they still yeah we got stole we stole got to have this. wonderful wonderful developments like this able to take hold. And then finally, awesome news culturally. Whiplash, the movie, got five Academy Award nominations, Best Picture. Best supporting actor, writing, adapted screenplay, sound mixing and film editing. All should have
2: been best director, best stuff. actor, best original screenplay, but whatever. It's That's, good.
1: Yeah.
2: And it comes out on the Blu ray February tw- comes out Blu ray February twenty sixth.
1: Okay. So great. That, that, great. that should be great. We've got very little time left. Everyone, thank you very much. Thanks to all of you who sent me articles today. If you want to continue the discussion, go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. If you want to check out all of Bosch's cartoons, check out his work at faustin.blogspot.com I appreciate all of you who are sharing this show uh, Christopher Budden, thanks uh, in particular, and Rob Abier, I know that they share the show quite a bit, I really appreciate it, and uh, like I said, if you come over to the blog you can subscribe to my email list, and you'll get a fun little email from me on Monday, okay everyone? Take thanks care everyone. have a good weekend, we'll talk to you in a week Seconds.